0: Okay, are you ready to go? You intro cuz you won't let me. The one time I tried introing, you're like, "Nah, whatever, I'll just do it." Nah, EJ.
1: This is the Concert Crusade Podcast, everybody. I'm EJ Olson. This is Nick Durheim. We're here to talk video game news, retro video games. I'm really worried that you're going you're gonna to use that as the bit. <laughs> That's the bit. Oh, That's the it. bit. You fucked no! up. <laughs> and here we are. All oh, right. Dang. So, my friend, I think we have finally come to a an agreement after two years of trying to, you know, run a podcast. And I would say that I think we're we're, we're Moving forward with a soft reboot—that
0: makes it what the third or fourth a
1: soft reboot, (laughs) right? (laughs) Maybe we just need to wipe it clean. Cart swap. We're gonna name change. Ugh, you know we're gonna blow into that cartridge and just the cart swap Rick cast (laughs) the 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 of Crusade hos chaos. That's a good bit. I like that a lot. It's classic. I I listened that the other day. Anyway. We've decided to finally stick to our release schedule. You know, we're going to see how it goes. You're not supposed
0: to tell the, the listeners because then they're going to hold us accountable, maybe. That's gr- that's great. If someone's bugging me every
1: Sunday to record... <laughs> it's not going to be me. <laughs> oh, God forbid. <laughs> no, we'll be releasing every Wednesday now. Every Wednesday afternoon. The Concert Crusade podcast. You heard it here first. Yeah, I'm chiseling it in stone as we speak. Just really quietly. I'm muting the mic. So you can, you can find me on Twitter at EJiggle. You can find Sir Nicholas Durheim on Twitter at Press Till Death. All right, stay out of my mentions. I'll block you. But if you go to if you go over to Twitter and bug Nick, he'll in turn CC me. Subsequently, bug me.
0: I'll make sure the right people see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, you can email our secretary at console at gmail.com. So we recorded the other day, less than a week ago, between podcasts here. Um, two days since we posted. Since you guys. Let's be real, no one's actually listened to the last podcast because I released it, like, what, late Friday? And now it's late Sunday? So, they'll they'll, they'll get it tomorrow. They'll get this one Wednesday. Don't feel bad about it. We talked Nintendo, we talked IGN, right? We talked a little bit of Spider-Man. Smash Bros, of course. But we did not have a chance to dive into what you and I have been playing. And, obviously, you've been playing it a shit ton
0: because that's what you do. Well, it's also been over two months since we recorded the last time before. Well, you didn't have to... You didn't have to remind them of that. <laughs> if they just look at their phone, they would see very clearly our release schedule. Oh, it's fair. been almost monthly.
1: <laughs> almost monthly. Well, it's funny when one of the guys in the, in the Nintendo group chat said, you guys are about to miss your monthly uh, podcast date or whatever. And he wasn't being sarcastic. It's like he assumes that we're monthly. I'm like, well, I guess technically it was. That's not frequent enough.
0: He also texted us saying that we we're going to miss our or surpass our longest without posting. Shit. We broke our own record. Damn it! <laughs> Home run contest style.
1: Well, we're about to get into it now. I'm cracking a, a nice cold Lacra today. Look at that, Nick. You're seeing cracking that? A, cold one. a little uh, little mango. Here's screen screen cap for me. Okay, let me get you. Uh, there we go. Beautiful. What in the world are you drinking?
0: It's that weird no name brand thing. It's called Waterloo. Apparently it has legendary taste. I don't know about that yet.
1: Yes, yeah, I don't like working that. on
0: that. It's watermelon. Alright, do you want me to start off on what I've played, or would you rather start?
1: I want to I start us with a couple of things that we have both played. You know, a couple of things here and there that we played together. Ooh. Something that I want to talk about before we even get into like the, the video games, okay? And I, I only bring this up because an increasing number of people are not familiar with this. But you know the Jackbox party games? Droffle, Quiplash, Fibbage, and the like? We've now had a number of occasions where we've gotten together in person, sat down with each other and a group of people, popped this up on the switch, and just went through and played for hours. And it's been just endless entertainment. I mean, I laughed so hard I coughed up blood. All right, that could be anything <laughs> that caused that. That's, that's how fun. That's how much fun I was having. All oh right. My God. <laughs> But no, I'm reminded of this, obviously, because just Friday I was up in Portland and and we got together and we played some stuff and had a gale time and just, again, was laughing unreasonably hard to the point of coughing violently. Obviously, you, friend of the podcast, Trevor Chafee, y'all were down here last month. And we. I mean, I think we played it every night, but that last night you guys were here, you know, we played till three in the morning and it didn't get old. But anyway, so I wanted to mention that only because you know, I took my Switch over to a friend's house two days after we recorded the last podcast, right? And I was expecting that we would play, you know, Mario Kart. That's what they wanted to play was Mario Kart. I've been looking for a partner in crime to play Overcooked 2. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. When we were going through and they asked, what what multiplayer games do you have? Well, I've got this, I've got this, i got this. Oh, we can play Drawful, we could play whatever. And none of them had ever even heard of it. Which shocked me, considering it's on every platform ever. I feel like every gathering i've gone to that wasn't just focused on alcohol like we've played one of the jackbox party games right right so i was shocked at the i guess the lack of ubiquity especially for how cheap they are like if you're if you have a switch chances are multiplayer gaming is a thing for you uh pick these games
0: up give them a go yeah they've been around forever so it's weird i didn't really know about them until maybe a couple years ago you can see they released i think they have four packs out now
1: Right. And so and for those who don't know, they're they're kind of like virtual board games is not the right word.
0: I mean, it's like a board game. It's kind of like how Drawful is like similar to Pictionary or it's like trivia or it's basically like prompts and then inputting your own reactions and then people vote on it. So it's like Pictionary or Mad Prats Libs. Against humanity. Yeah. I mean, those are those are board games. I would call them. Okay. Top.
1: Yeah. So it's like that. So what happens is you have, you get the game in your console you connect to the internet and it gives you like a a virtual game room. You join on your phone and everyone's controlling with their phone and using that as input. And then it displays and everyone's interacting with what's on the TV. Uh, Yeah. Just, just wonderful party games. And I'm curious where they kind of go from here. If you've played these, you kind of know that they've released sequels to some of the more popular games and it's just more of the same. Right. But you know, I'm curious to see if they, if they have another sort of stroke of brilliance in them and do something that's as entertaining as drawful or, quiplash or something
0: well oh, which uh party pack do you have
1: oh man i don't even remember which one on the switch i, I bought a, i think i bought i think about I Druffle separately Druffle 2 is a separate purchase and then i might have the party pack three or four
0: yeah because party pack 5 um came out like last year okay i don't think the party pack that you have has you don't know jack but that is the like origin it's like the trivia game that it all started it from and it was like a game in the 90s oh really shows what i know not much. Well, I mean, I didn't know that either, so until I did. If you're a Switch owner, I think these are these are must-gets. Or PS4, PC, X, it's on everything.
1: No, it is, of course. Uh but but due to the nature of the Switch, right, is I was able to just throw it in my backpack. It took me 30 seconds to pack and now we're we're playing it at my coworker's house, playing it in the office, you know. Whereas, you know, I've played it on Steam before, you hook it up to your TV and whatever, but now it's just it's more accessible than it's ever been. And so, you know, I've played it many times more since it having come to the Switch than I ever have previously, right? I feel like a lot of games you can say that for. It's perfect on the Switch,
0: right? <laughs> if it's a game you like to play, it's perfect on the Switch.
1: Right. And with with some exceptions as far as performance and stuff, but it just due to the nature of its portability, it's perfect on the Switch. So anyway, I wanted to mention that. But yeah, we've both been playing, I think, very different games, but kick us off with, with, with what you've kind of been spend a time with i know your list is probably huge
0: i've dipped my toes into a lot of games i've finished three four games since last time we recorded what's your most favorite game that
1: you've played since last we talked or beaten probably hollow knight Oh, okay here we go yeah i played hollow knight that's on my list you actually have played it i have played it beautiful let's talk about it
0: that was a day and date with e3 so that was like early june when that finally got launched on Switch, I had been looking forward to actually diving into it because I had it on PC and I'd only gotten to the first boss, and I already just knew that I was gonna I was gonna play it, but I knew it was coming to Switch, so I was just waiting for that because I'm a Mark. That's the story, right? I'll, I'll, I'll play it, but I'm waiting for it to come to Switch. That's just how it was. It's how it be. I Had a really good time. It was uh, a lot of fun. I feel like that game's been talked to death. Everyone's sung its praises up and down. So. I had a really good time with it. I really enjoyed the, the setting, the mood, the the atmosphere. The mechanics all felt really good. This nice, tight platforming. You really feel like your character is really light because every time you hit something, you've got this like knockback, so you have to kind of take that into account. And then all the different charms that you get that can either accentuate or mitigate those effects so you can have stronger knockback on your attacks or less knockback for for you so you stay still. All the kind of little things that you'd want to change, you can change. And it's just got a lot of good systems that I enjoy tinkering with. Yeah, I, I played through
1: until... I think I got up to the point of the first boss. And I, I did... I enjoyed the atmosphere. And I feel like a lot of these little Metroidvania indies are are very similar. Like, I got Ori and the Blind Forest vibes from this game. From the soundtrack, from the the art direction. Well, obviously different, still felt... Like, they were kind of of the same vein, stylistically. And, and e- down to the sound design, I was like, this... I feel like I've played this before. Uh, not to say that's a bad thing at all. I'm just saying... And so when I jumped in, I, it felt, like, oddly nostalgic. I was like, oh, I've, I've done this before. Once I jumped into it, it's a much harder game. I... yeah, Like you said, the movement f- feels really good. You're running around, the, the platforming is tight, and you're playing this little sort of meek character, I guess... It is exceptionally difficult. Sorry, exceptionally difficult is not the right word. It's it's difficult if you're an idiot like me, <laughs> but it's not... I'm trying to think of some of the other Metroidvania game, games I've played recently. Like, Guacamelee! was, was pretty easy, right? Um, I know that was a couple years ago, three years ago. So
0: Guacamelee! had harder platforming, though.
1: At least built into its main storyline. No, definitely it had a lot more platforming elements where that was a more of a focus of the game. I would say in Hollow and, and Like I, the
0: weird phase shifting and like... That kind of stuff. It was a little more punishing. There's more like meat boy kind of sections. Certainly nothing that difficult. (laughs) But you know what I mean, where it's like just it's just tight and it's like you die and you get thrown back to your last checkpoint. Whereas Hollow Knight doesn't dish out the deaths nearly as frequently, but when you do you are more punished for them because you have to do a corpse run to get your resources back.
1: And and the checkpoints are few and far between. Right. So you, you die less, but your deaths are much more weighty. And it's for me it was it was a little frustrating just because you know I, I did enjoy exploring I think it was the the game did a good job of building tension just through the atmosphere and so I was on the edge of my seat going through this I was I was checking every little looking cranny but I was doing it slowly Normally games like this I'm just kind of blowing through you know for better or for worse often to my detriment but I'm just kind of blowing through this I was I was a little scared, man. Not scared, but you know what I mean. I was, I was on edge, and so I was creeping around, kind of exploring, getting a feel for everything. And so when you finally do die, I'm sent all the way back to the beginning almost, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know how to begin to get back there because you don't start the game with a map. The, si- the map system is interesting. You want to explain how how kind of that works? Well,
0: just to add on to what you're saying is the tension of your life is a lot more... Like you said, it rewards slower gameplay and it makes you want to play a little bit more slowly. And that kind of, I think that adds to the exploration element to it because you're you're paying a lot more attention. You're you're worried about every enemy you encounter because you don't know if that's going to be the one that takes off your last little health bit and you're done. And you're just like, oh great, I have to remember how I got up here because I was I'm in a room. There's four doors and I go to another room that has four doors. And you're like, well, which doors did I take? Right. But with the map system, I'm I understand why. I guess, but like every time you get to a new section, you, you have to find the, the map maker who's got the sections kind of sketched out. And then once you talk to him, you buy the map from him and then you fill it out as you explore individual rooms. So you get like the bare bones map, which is sort of guides you to where you're supposed to go. And then you can fill it out with your own exploration, but it's kind of frustrating because there are certain points in the game where you'll go to a new area where you don't have the requisite ability to fully like engage with it. So the map maker, you'll hear him because he has this little humming tune that he does, which right. is part of the die- the diegetic, you know, sound design of the game, which is fantastic. All the characters have their own little hums and haws, but you'll hear him, but you can't get to him. And you're like, well, I don't know where I am because I can't see the map and I can't get to the map maker. So this is kind of frustrating. And you're like, yeah. oh, I can't go this way.
1: It's funny because you look at things, if you look at it just as strictly, you know, from a game design aspect, I think it's it's frustrating and it's intentionally obtuse and I don't, I don't think it's necessary to the kind of game that is.
0: It's a bummer because it's just, uh, it's a it's a barrier too soon to the beginning of the game. Right. Where you, you first get into the, the dungeon, they should at least give you a map right away that kind of gives you that first area for free and then everywhere else can be like kind of ease you into it as opposed to saying, well, here you go, this is the game. Good luck. From a world building sort of standpoint and just atmospheric, like that's, it's really cool that you
1: have, okay, my first objective in any area is to find the map maker so that I can go about this the right way, right? But like you said, it does add that unnecessary barrier. I think in good game design, and you see it from the most basic games, you know, like Mario Bros. Level 1-1, right? You've got that gap there and it shows you how to jump without threat of death, right? With the two... Yeah, it's classic. It's like you work your way up, you show each mechanic sort of in sequence and... And, you, you know, I was even... Another game on our list, Mega Man, we both bought the X Collection. You know, I'm playing through X4 and I'm noticing these little things where generally it's not something I pay specific attention to, but I'm starting to pick up on these where it's like, oh, I see what they're doing here. They're trying to teach me something here. And I think we've talked about this with like Super Meat Boy that they do a really good job of teaching you and then just punishing you the rest of the time, right? But, but they do a good job of introducing it to you, kind of holding your hand and say, all right, do you understand this? You do? Great. And doing so without lengthy tutorials or text boxes. It's just, that's good game design. That's what I felt Hollow Knight lacked, was it, the, the barrier of entry. Not that it's, it's steep in a way like maybe a Souls game is or Monster Hunter is. Obviously, very different games, but enough that as a casual experience, the kind of game I'm looking for right now, I'm just, I'm in bed. I've got half an hour or so just to kind of dive in, see if I want to play something. I played for half an hour and I was like, I just, this isn't for me. And I put it down and I have not gone back to it. You know, for better or for worse, that's kind of, where where they led me with some of those choices so
0: right yeah and i can totally understand that it just bums me out because i know once you get like even me who i i clearly have a higher tolerance for the bullshit right that some games tend to start start off <laughs> with yeah uh I, I got through that first like area fine and ended up sinking like 40 hours into that game 100 percenting it it was just really satisfying the entire time i would say that the it, it ekes out its um, traversal kind of mechanics a little bit slower than I was expecting. Yeah. But by the time I got a double jump, I was like, I really loved getting that double jump because I didn't get that to like 25 hours in. Oh, that's too long. Oh, that's way too long. But you get a wall jump like after two or three hours. That's like the first thing you get. Besides, the, you get the dash first okay. and then you get a wall jump and then... You get other stuff, and then you get a double jump, and you're like, you don't even really need the double jump at that point, but it's just gravy. And it's really cool because you get these cool little wings that pop out, and everything is just all this, all this bug-related stuff. It's just like, it's really cool.
1: Maybe maybe it's a game that I'll try and go back to maybe before next podcast, just just to give it, again, the old college try. You grab a beer and dip my toe in.
0: Oh, like all that time you spent with Ori? All that nostalgia you got for Ori? <laughs> hey, man, I, I put several hours in that game. Picked it up two different times. Started it both times. <laughs> Come on now. I watched you start that game from the beginning twice.
1: Y- no, not twice. Certainly not twice. It was just the one time. <laughs> Pretty sure the...
0: I saw you start it twice. Damn, that'd be really funny, actually.
1: What are the, what are the odds like, that we're together in front of my Xbox?
0: Pretty good. Apparently. <laughs> like, well, what do I have to play on this thing? I've got this and Sunset Overdrive.
1: <laughs> oh man, Sunset Overdrive was such a such a wonderful experience. All the more reasons to be excited about Spider Man. That's the, the same team there. Wait, is it the same team? Or there multiple they have multiple subdivisions over at Insomniac.
0: I think it's an, Insomniac is uh their big team is the the same team. Okay, cool. Because they also did that weird little submarine Metroidvania huh. a couple years ago.
1: Really? It's crazy to think that it's been a half decade since this generation came out.
0: Yeah, that's how long they tend to be around.
1: Right. Well that's the thing is we we've talked about this before. Is how the with the last generations sort of spoiled people, and again, it was because of the the market crashing, the economy taking a dive in '08. And to be fair, it it was only extended by like two years. It's not really that out of the ordinary. 05 to '13.
0: I mean, four or five years. Like five years has typically been 05 for the Xbox 360. But that was that came out early because the Xbox, the original Xbox, was such a failure. You know, if you look at the Nintendo consoles, you go 85 to 91, 91 to 96, 96 to 2001, 2001, 2006, 2006, 2012. Like, it's just every five or six years.
1: Every five, yeah. I mean, so to have a generation that was, you know, seven, eight years, seven years, you know, I mean, two years is a long time. Think about you having that that hardware around for, for almost eight years. Like, that's. And
0: to be fair, it's not like CPU or GPU tech really made too many leaps and bounds in that time. Well,
1: not that it didn't, just that.
0: Making when a small enough, an affordable form factor. That's what it is. It's all about the price. Otherwise, you get the 599 US dollar PlayStation 3. Can we, can we segue into this for just a brief
1: moment? Let me, let me get tangential here because I was just reading. Let's just bring in a little game news. I just read a leak, a quote-unquote leak. Let me pull up a source here. I want to make sure I get the, the website right because they have predicted things in the past, but they don't have the greatest track record up against you know the frequency of outlandish claims that they make but the headline is 4k nintendo switch expected in
0: 2019 oh right that was my (laughs) that was my reaction i snorted i said oh fucking k here's the thing what do they mean by 4k because they could probably update the hdmi so you could stream 4k out of it i mean the xbox one s can do that let me give you specifics because there are specs on this thing you remember that oval uh nx leak okay i well, had the the mouse roller uh, shoulder buttons <laughs> such cancer
1: okay we, we 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 quickly quickly debunked that right
0: also the ps5 and the xbox 2 aren't gonna have true 4k so why would the, the nintendo switch in 2019
1: get it okay obviously i mean it, not that it's going to be playing 4k games natively i'm sure is not what this means but
0: 4k 5 frames per second 4k enabled
1: but but this also mentions vr despite the fact that Nintendo's explicitly stated that they were avoiding going down that path, right?
0: That's that's just spurned by the people who've hacked their Switches and in the development kit, you can see VR mode. Right. But that's because that's from the NVIDIA. Yeah. Their Shield technology, they have a VR thing in their development kits also.
1: So it's just there and hidden, but n- there's no intention of, of using it. So the guy's name is Marcus Sellers.
0: Oh my God, he gets stuff wrong all the time. That's hilarious. <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter because I called him out. <laughs>
1: Stop it, really, <laughs> yeah, for what in particular, <laughs> talk to me,
0: oh man, I think it was this call of duty leak where he was like, call of duty will be black ops four, it'll be on the switch, and it's gonna be boots on the ground, it'll only be the battle royale version it'll be on switch. It was like some stupid like that, and I just I just like I screenshotted it, and then he deleted it later because obviously, and then I he leaked something else or whatever he posted something, and then I just replied to him with a screenshot of his tweet that. Was clearly wrong, and then he blocked me, <laughs> dude.
1: That's fucking hilarious. What a scrub. Okay, all right. Well, let me. This this will just be, I guess, funnier than anything. But it's something that I was thinking about, and this sort of cemented, I think, some of my my reasoning. So so let's get into this. But he said that next year they plan on releasing an upgraded version early in the year that has eight gigs of RAM, 128 gigabytes of internal storage and, and will boast a 4K resolution. He also added, just for increased credibility here, that uh, exclusive games such as Resident Evil 2 will be released on the Switch. It uh, <laughs> even says on this website, seller's track record for leaking rumors is not perfect.
0: Exclusively what, though? Resident Evil 2 was already announced, and it's coming out on PS4 and like Xbox One and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, no idea. But I wanted to bring this up because <laughs> you and I have had several instances of yeah, i think he did back and forth right How many? And, and, and about about
0: four thousand?
1: and many a discourse about
0: 4k discourses we've had
1: 4k 4k discourses no we've argued about what the next generation is going to look like and i've staunchly sort of been on the side of you need to push power like you need to and games obviously can't take these these giant leaps and you know we're both on record. You you think that it's all about the games, and that you just we can't take a meaningful enough leap. So what? Why? Why engage in that arms race, right? And so I I think I've kind of come around to your side, where I'm like, you know what? And Nintendo has sort of sparked this. I, I think the next step should be the other console manufacturers getting in on the Switches game. You aren't going to be able to make a meaningful enough upgrade, and the numbers have shown it with the Xbox Scorpio or, or um the One X. And, and even the PS4 Pro, which hasn't sold gangbusters, that maybe there isn't a market yet for boutique high-end hardware. Okay, so what's the next step? PS5 should, be a, should emulate what the Switch does. If you can cram the power of the PS4, the power of this generation, into a similar form factor with similar functionality, I actually don't think that's what's going to happen, but I think that's what should happen. And that would sustain us for the next five, six, seven years. And, and people would be a lot less focused on, oh, well, this game looks like this, the other game we got four years ago. Because now it's it's portable and, and can play on your TV or on the, you know, you know what I mean? I think that is what, where we should go next. And I think this Nintendo, they're doing well flying under the radar right now because of the unique nature of that hardware. They don't really have any direct competitors. Like, they're competing with themselves with the 3DS, right? And so whether you want to call the Switch primarily a home console or primarily a handheld, they're kind of in their own, in this unique space in the market. And so they're doing okay, but I think if they had that direct competition, is it going to force them to step their shit up? And then we're going to get, I mean, if Sony did what Nintendo did with the Switch, that's going to be an infinitely better console, right? And we could draw comparisons to the Vita all day
0: long, but... Talk about Vita and Vita versus 3DS or PSP versus DS. It doesn't really matter if it's a better console. it Just matters if it's a Nintendo handheld, because that's the that's the one that wins. No, I agree.
1: But if you if you can cram the PS4 into a Switch and call it a PS5, and we're getting all those exclusives, there, you know, there's no disparity in the weird. Like you know, the Vita failed for a number of reasons, but one of the big ones was that the cost of development was so high. You're you're spending AAA budget sometimes on. On handheld games, that's not sustainable. And obviously, you've got things like gyro controls and the camera stuff and the touchpad and things that you were sort of isolating these these gimmicks to the platform. And so these games sort of suffocated. And so I think by making this your ubiquitous platform, saying this is this is the PS5, this is the only console we're supporting, and and developers aren't gonna have to change a lick about what they're doing they've been doing it for a decade or half a decade and just kind of usher into the, this next era of hybrid gaming. I don't see why Sony couldn't carry over that success. They've got the IPs for it.
0: It would just be really weird if they pivoted so hard away from what they've sort of the precedent they've set with the PS4 Pro with their like almost trying to get 4K but not quite getting there yet. I don't see why they would change their tune to go back to a handheld version of that because I don't think you could get 4K image on a handheld definitely not for for realistic pricing. You'd definitely have to be spending more than $800 for something like that. And imagine what the battery life would be and it's just that sounds like a logistical nightmare. They don't want to come to Nintendo on that battlefield, you know. I feel like Microsoft is better set for that because they're just kind of pushing precedent into streaming and PlayStation's also doing that with their PlayStation Now service. It's just not good enough yet because internet's not good enough yet, but it will be eventually. And by that time You'll just be playing stuff off server farms. Doesn't matter what your the rig that you're playing on looks like. It just has to have internet. I wonder how close to that we actually are. I, I I don't think that's even a remote possibility. I'm not really familiar enough with like 5G and like what that looks like, but I imagine it'll be foolish. I mean, you look back ten years and how bad internet was even that long ago. But here's the thing. Or twenty years ago and you're on dial up, like the internet is is not accessible
1: in most areas of the world and there are these big markets that are important to the video game industry that are not developed enough to
0: support that infrastructure even now they're suffering well that's why they'll do a two-pronged approach that's where i i, I sort of believe the that leak for microsoft scarlet is their next consoles that they're working on one will be an affordable streaming box that you will do like a subscription service game pass sort of part two and then you'll have a, a real box that's the power it's got a computer in it you know you're paying five hundred dollars for that one i feel like that makes the most sense for those two companies and what they sort of established as their precedent nintendo's never really been on the power front i mean kind of the gamecube and the n64 but every other console has just been what's cheap and what limits can we put on ourselves and still come ahead and show our creativity and show that it's not about the visual fidelity it's about the fun
1: i think that's a convenient excuse for them to save money.
0: I also think that Nintendo is a toy company and Sony and Microsoft are tech companies. I mean, Nintendo was making video games on a, on the LCD technology of watches and game and watch, you know? Like, literally, like, LCD watches, you know? Just two-button games. That's where they got their start. Microsoft was making software and making, like, OSs. Right. Sony was a TV and movie and multimedia conglomerate. No, very, very different origins. It's just interesting to think of their, their their pasts and how those paths have converged into being competitors. Well, it's interesting to see
1: how those origins have influenced these companies' philosophies, despite them being
0: sort of uh, similar. They're, do- they're putting out the same products. They're making games. And they're learning from each other. So it's really the consumers benefiting the most because Microsoft is saying, hey, we need more first-party games. We're going to scoop up a bunch of Developers and really focus on that. Nintendo's saying, "Hey, let's make something that's not a Hasbro, Mattel, speak and spell little toy, and actually have something that feels good in the hands. It's not a Wii U gamepad." Well, it's interesting
1: how how they're they're all leapfrogging these in these sort of different areas of the industry, all in a bid to sort of homogenize. Oh, we have to catch up to Sony here. Oh, we've got to catch up Nintendo here. We've got to catch up to Microsoft here. And at the end of the day, it's also that they can put out the same product and then it just becomes a war of who's got the better games. I think the Switch was a logical and incremental sort of built up to this and it was the next logical step versus like Xbox is trying to do these things that are, anybody in the industry could tell you that they're, we're not ready for this.
0: They're, it's like an experiment because they have the resources to experiment. Or like with VR, like VR is not the next step in the evolution of gaming. Probably not, but it's still like, I understand why developers would be interested and excited and playing around with that kind of stuff so if you want to keep creativity flowing you got to give the the most avenues to to experience that i guess sure so sony's i mean they just sold three million psvr so it's not like they're losing money on it but it's also it's a cool thing that they can play around with and that's not like a that's not a negative thing i don't think it's negatively affecting my experience having a ps4 because sony made a psvr
1: i'm not saying that i'm all for experimenting it's that's fine it's when a company says, oh, this is the future, and that's they put all their eggs in that basket, and that's, what's, that, that's what can be detrimental. And this is why I think there isn't precedent for it. I don't think Sony is going to chase Nintendo, but why they should is because it makes more sense to do that and to follow the, that next logical step, sort of iterating on that further, pushing that, than it is to try and chase 4K like that that's 4k is not happening man like we're gonna get there and we're gonna get there naturally
0: it has to say 4k on the box though man because everyone's buying their brand new 4k tvs for 350 on black friday but that's the thing is 4k is not marketable anymore
1: i don't think it ever was they tried no because it's just, it's just the standard now it is you can't even you can't even buy a 1080p tv you can't and that, that seemingly happened overnight and and we've discovered that when you were tv shopping i was like you can get 1080p panels anywhere dude no Overnight, they just switched to 4K and it became so affordable. But it's not a marketable thing like, oh, this is going to play 4K. Like, that is not incentive enough for the average consumer. Like, average consumers don't want to buy Blu-rays, man. It's been in the standard for 10 years. Exponentially better than the DVD. People still don't want to buy those. That is not significant enough for the average consumer. Guess what? The Nintendo, that is a very intriguing value proposition to the average Joe. That's what they should be chasing. How do we improve this technology? And how do we improve this experience? No, yeah,
0: I, mean, I, I totally agree because the Nintendo with what they've done is it markets itself. Like every time you see someone on a train playing a Switch, you're like, hey, I have one of those too. It's so weird and so cool and makes so much sense that I can
1: take this flagship experience with me anywhere I want. Like it just, it just fucking works. And I think Sony would be brilliant in that market. If that was their sole focus, given what they've done with PlayStation, given the IPs that they have, that's what I want to see. It's not going to happen. If they do do it, it'll be some ancillary device. They'll fuck it up. And they won't support it after a year. <laughs> exactly. And so that's, that's the unfortunate death of the PS Switch, and that is heartbreaking.
0: That's why I think it'd be cool to, if, if Microsoft took a stab at it, because they haven't done a handheld, not a dedicated handheld, at least. They've, done, they've got the Surface tablets... They played around with phones. They played around with MP3 players with not great success, but it's not like they were bad devices. So I think that they'd be very capable in making a functioning device. And it'd be interesting to see how they would integrate that with what they're trying to plan for with a streaming technology and what that looks like. If it's a local streaming technology in addition to an actual internet-based one, if it's, like a, if it's like a Steam Link, I don't know. Spitball in here.
1: Given just where we are in in video games right now, and not just video games, but also access, right, social media, like the age we're in, the, the awareness of the average consumer uh, and, and of the average gamer, Microsoft will never be a player in the video game space the way they were. They'll always be there, right? But like, if you are not in their ecosystem, no one is dropping PlayStation to go to Microsoft ever again. Unless Sony somehow comes out and hasn't learned from their first mistake and Nintendo's 12 mistakes and Xbox this generation, how they shot themselves in the foot. Sony is on this path, and even though they're not playing well with certain developers now with cross and stuff, I don't think that's necessarily their future. They know what they need to do to remain successful. If you are not a part of that ecosystem, you're not going back. And 4K, 12K, 19K, that is not going to convince you to fucking go. Streaming some box, you know, they're doing some nice consumer-friendly things over there, but at the end of the day, they're doing very similar things to to the other two major video game developers or, or console manufacturers. If you're already part of the Sony ecosystem, there's a reason for it. You're not leaving. That's why Microsoft's experimenting, right? That's why they're doing all these weird things, because they, they're not going to catch up
0: well not in this generation but everyone jumped ship from xbox to ps4 in 2013 it's not unfeasible for them to jump back in 2020 when everything's back at zero you know all it it needs to happen is sony to blunder in one way that can be like a headline and for microsoft to like be the gamers champion in one way that's all it takes and then you just go where your friends go
1: i'm curious to know I'd be curious to see how this plays out because I can't envision a world where Sony can make a big enough mistake that hasn't been made by somebody else or by themselves to learn from. Like these, there are too many smart people at these companies. How to, many Spider-Man reboots were there? Come on. That is completely different.
0: I'm just saying. Sony is very capable of messing but up.
1: PlayStation is also
0: a completely different entity than, than Sony Pictures. I no, Come on. I'm just, yeah, but I'm just saying that companies can mess up and mess up the same way twice. I don't want to be the guy who doubts a 70 billion dollar company. You know, Microsoft, they have the resources to do whatever they want if they choose to do it, if they choose to do it. And it seems like they've actually like Phil Spencer at Xbox, he keeps getting promoted. So clearly they believe in him, and they're giving him more resources to buy five studios or buy four studios and start a new studio, and they're stealing all the best people from all the best companies in the world. That's going to come to fruition either at the launch or a year after the launch of the next generation. Here's the thing,
1: man. You can build up all the goodwill in the world. That might make you buy an Xbox. That might, might make me buy another Xbox. But it was going to take a series of, of catastrophic blunders on Sony's part to force anybody to leave that platform. The way it did Microsoft, it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't three things. It was a series of freaking just absolute death blows. Self-inflicted, oftentimes, for people to get fed up with Xbox. I mean, it was one catastrophe after another. But for people who said, I'm not so sure I want to buy... You know, I I don't want to buy this system again. But also, we underestimate how Sony had played catch-up. They had sort of matched Xbox by the end of that generation and had been building up this goodwill with with the games and with their own ecosystem, whatever improvements they implemented there. I mean, the online for PS3 was a disaster. So they played catch-up, and they were neck and neck with Xbox at the end and what Microsoft
0: was doing. PlayStation definitely pads their numbers by selling their consoles way too long in countries that they're like a generation behind anyway. Every company Disney's, does that.
1: Every company. No,
0: Sony does that way more than Microsoft or Nintendo does. They're making PS2s until like 2015 because people in Brazil were still buying the new FIFA. Doug, they're still they, they were still putting out Wii games last year. You know what I mean? I don't think they make Wii's anymore though. They stopped making Wii's, I think, a few years ago. Like Sony just recently stopped making PS3s.
1: I mean that, that makes plenty of sense. I mean, you know, you could still buy an Xbox 360 until last year. I think you
0: still can. No, they don't make 360s, they stopped making 360s like when they started making Xbox One. No, they they
1: announced an entire new line of 360s when they dropped the Xbox One. They they reimagine the whole thing and, and put out the third version of it. We got the same announcement side by side. And this was when they were still leaning into the online thing.
0: It's really suspicious that whenever I look at the console sales numbers, that Sony's consoles beats their competitor by like just a little bit. It's like, oh, we sold a million more PlayStation Ones than Wii's. Like they just they just had to pad out numbers. It's just really weird. I don't know why. PlayStation sold 102 million and we sold 101 million or PS2 sold 151 million and DS sold 150 million right. or or 360 sold 82 million but but PS3 sold 83 million you know it's why do they just beat them by one million? It's just so it's, it's
1: a genius. It's genius. Someone's
0: someone's playing with the numbers. That Wikipedia page is very suspicious.
1: No, no. I, I just I like to imagine that this is just a calculated move on Sony's part. Like we're gonna sell this until we hit this threshold, and we'll just and then we'll scrub the market of it just so we can be petty. They're that petty. I that's that's what I that's my
0: headcanon. I believe it. <laughs> like, but also, I wanted to say before I lost my thought is that I know you're not exactly I don't know what you think. I don't think you like it, but. Microsoft also has a operating system that is very ubiquitous. And if you're a PC gamer, you're playing on Windows 10. I mean, you're not playing on Linux. You're not playing on Mac. No, come on. I know. So if they keep homogenizing the Xbox platform into this thing, like if they just make it a launcher, like how Steam is, if Xbox really wanted to get out of the hardware game, they'd be super set on it. I think they'd be fine. I don't think they will because there's no like money to lose by doing that, and it's just Self-marketing—it's an uphill
1: battle, man. Whatever they, whatever they decide to do, it's an uphill battle, and it's going to take not only a lot of hard work and again harboring a lot of that goodwill as possible.
0: I think just making consoles is an uphill battle. I don't think PlayStation's on cruise control. I mean, they kind of are, but they're also working hard on whatever the next thing is. Well, of course, imagine
1: they're selling consoles for profit. At last, I looked. I believe they're not taking a loss on hardware and. They've got all these brilliant IPs, tons of studios doing great work. They just they figured oh, like it's gone and dreams. Hey, listen, days gone. They're not all winners. <laughs> okay, fair. But you, there's only room for so many Knacks in the world. Okay. Oh
0: man, knack three at the launch of PS5. That's all I want. I'll be a day one purchase. Listen, this is the game we envision NAC being in 2013, okay? (laughs) Like, okay. This is my children's NAC.
1: I'm kind of on your side where I just... I want to see them push the power, but it's not reasonable. Financially, it's not reasonable. And we've got so many people who aren't hardcore or who don't want to spend that kind of money. I mean, $500 was too steep. $400 was too steep. I mean... You know, $300 is too steep. I know people who say, oh, when it drops, or when I can get it on Black Friday for 250 Like, $300 to me is like, dude, save cans and bottles for six months and you can go buy a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Go buy a Switch, come on. Just fucking, please, go fucking... So anyway, but we're, we're already running short on time here, so I'm going to move us into some other stuff we played. We talked about Man a little bit. Can we, can we go back to that since we both played that in the last couple of days? We both bought the, the, X, the X1 collection. Actually, I don't know. Did you buy the the X1 and 2? Did you get the physical cart?
0: I got the physical, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, you got physical for the, X,
0: the X1 collection. And I can't redeem my points for the physical until I redeem the code for X2. That's really weird. Yeah, really strange. If anybody wants to buy a download code for Legacy Collection 2... Hit me up at Press Till Death on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. Give it to you for a good price.
1: All, I don't want it. <laughs> we uh, we do a giveaway. We do a call to be giveaway. We'll give them the the, the shitty X Games <laughs> if they follow the us worst on Twitter.
0: The worst of
1: the worst. <laughs> hey, I have fond memories of X Five. To be fair. Uh, anyway, my headset's dying, so this is opportune time. We we're hanging out this weekend, like I said. And last night we uh, we dusted off the old Switch, and we were doing live for level. Passing the sticks back and forth. And we were both exceptionally tired last night. We were both kind of out of it. Long day, long weekend. Uh, And so, we both were going a little more frustrated than we probably would be. Struggling a little more than we probably normally would. But it's, dude, it was a lot of fun, man. The X Games are tight. I mean, just the standard for this action platforming sort of genre. We both played, you beat it today. Uh, I have yet to beat it.
0: specifically, we were playing X4. X4,
1: right. Um, You beat it today. I beat all eight bosses and have moved on to one of four final bosses.
0: The final weapon.
1: Right. So you you played X, I played Zero. So I want to kind of both get into our experience with this. I'll start with you here, but sort of compare and contrast, because they're two very different games based on the character you choose at the outset. So, tell me a little bit about how X plays because I have not run through the game with X. I played one level with him, played Web Spider way ages ago. Uh, but as a kid and, and up till now, I've always played zero. So, kind of hearing stuff from you based on my little ex- experience with X, seeing my little brother play with X, I mean, they are, it's not just kind of a different experience or it's a palette swapped experience. Like, it is a different game.
0: Well, I feel like zero just by the nature of him not, ha- not having a projectile in this game it's it's harder but also he does more damage so the run-up to the boss always feels easier because he can one-shot a lot of the enemies whereas those enemies would normally take a fully charged shot or like two of the mid-charge shots from x so playing as zero is like oh this is great this is a breeze i'm just running him, jumping and dashing around just blazing up hitting these fools wrecking shot but then you get to a boss, and you're like, "Why is this the most difficult thing in the game?"
1: <laughs> I mean, just every boss we got to is just
0: just unreasonably just to fight difficult. That stupid jet stingray, and he's above you, and you can't do the downward stab till he's below you. But then you've got four like these little homing missile or these little little stingrays floating around on the bottom. And you're just getting getting hit, getting stun locked. Dog, I got the strats. Those cool, those cool noises.
1: I got the jet stingray
0: strats, man. But when you're playing as X. And you're using the frost walrus power and you just make this aura of ice around you. So you just wait for him to drop down and you hit him and then he flies up and then you wait for him to drop down. You hit him, he flies up and you just, you just win. It's broken. Yeah, because that's how all the X games are. If you have the, if you know which boss type to use against the. The next boss, then it's just a breeze. It's so, cakewalk.
1: it was interesting. We were talking about this yesterday. You looked up the the boss list. There
0: are two separate lists. They share a lot, but some of the power-ups you get from zero beating bosses aren't actual attacks. They're just, like you said, you get a double jump from the mushroom. I
1: believe it's split mushroom. For So, singer was so fucking difficult. And then I finally, I don't know what snapped, but I, I figured out that if you literally just butt up against the wall and get behind him, you can double jump and just spin his ass with that fucking beam saber over and over and then when he does he swoops down where normally you would try to hit him with the down attack to freeze him getting that timing with those fucking stingrays down there homing around on the ground awful if you're just up against the wall he can't fucking dive bomb you he comes back to where he was and you keep spinning him so like I said I did it I only took one hit from one of his homing stingrays it was so simple I was like why did it take me so long to figure this out where'd you get the
0: spinning attack is that like a different attack no it's the it's the double you double jump and you and you kind of do a little. Okay, so that's that's probably from Split Mushroom because his jump is yeah. the spin. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, when you're Mega Man X, you the attack you get from Split Mushroom is you have a little like shadow clone in front of you, mm. and then you just walk into certain enemies and they'll just die. So that's really nice because you have to speed run Cyber Peacock stage in order to get different power ups because you oh, get really? ranked on that first stage. Oh yeah, for the first few. So if you get an S rank. In each one, you get different things, like you get a heart container, or you get a uh, energy tank, or you'll get the helmet as Mega Man, which the helmet makes it so your attacks don't use up power, or like the, the meter, which you don't have to deal with as zero anyway. So it's like this weird kind of separate path that you go on. So it's really interesting, as a kid
1: I remember getting cheat codes, and... In the first level, you enter a cheat code if you're playing as X. And in, the, in Web Spiders level, you go into this weird little cave that normally has nothing in it. If you go into that cave after activating this cheat, what's-his-face beams down and gives you this... That's always
0: in the cave when you're X. Oh, is it really? Yeah. The cheat code just gives you a more powerful armor set. It gives you the full, that's what the you full you, armor ch- set. You choose that when you are choosing your character. Okay. I looked at, I looked at the cheats earlier because I wanted to see what they were because I remember doing inputting them as a kid, to get Black Armor Zero. Black Armor Zero gives you, what, double health? I don't know, something like that. You take half damage, same thing. Yeah.
1: So Zero only gets, he after each boss, obviously you get the new power-up, but so X has armor upgrades as you go that are additional buffs, right?
0: Yeah, so it's mobility stuff like the boots, obviously. You get a little air hover or an air dash if you haven't used your dash to jump. Okay. So that's just like some mobility. Yeah. And then the helmet makes it so you don't uh, use up your, uh, what would you call that? Like your ammo, I guess, for your different special attacks. Your meters. Because you cycle, you cycle through them like you would in the regular X games. And then the arms, there's two different arms you can get. There's one where you can charge up multiple shots. So you can just keep shooting out the fully charged shot. Or there's one that when it uh, your fully charged shot hits an enemy, it leaves behind like this glowing ball that keeps doing damage. So I chose that one. And then you can uh, get an armor upgrade that just makes it so you take half damage. And then it charges up and you get a giga attack, which is that thing that we saw on the, the menu for the controls when we were changing the controls. Right. Put the dash on the shoulder button, which that is, it uses up all of the ammo in a certain weapon type. And X just, like, glows to the middle of the screen and explodes out just this aura of, like, damage. So, it's just, like, a, a super attack, basically. And you build up that when you get hit or if you pick up ammo when you're playing.
1: I need to jump in and... Well, first, I need to beat the game with zero. And right now, I'm stuck. After you beat all eight bosses, uh, you go fight the first of, of four or five end game sort of bosses. Uh, you Colonel, like K- Colonel then is- Iris, then General... Yeah, and then you've got like three Sigma battles, if I recall. Yeah. Colonel has been exceptionally difficult. He's got a ton of life. He does not take damage nicely. And as zero, you have to get right up on him. So it's really, I mean, you have to be on it. Your reflexes have to be perfect. Could, could, sort of dodging under him, getting him, dodging back. Oh, now he's doing his, his ranged attacks. So you got to perfectly sort of dodge and weave. And so it's
0: just, it's so dangerous. You got to get right up on him and you can't get away quick enough. And he's invincible for a lot of his animations too. So you're just like waiting for his lightning to get done so you can maybe get a hit on him before he disappears. Right. And I found that with several of the bosses like, well, so Split Mushroom is pretty
1: easy when you use the special, the forward little Kamehameha. You just have to
0: get the timing on it a bit because that thing charges up super long. Right.
1: It was the timing. Once you got the timing down, again, I, I think I did him only taking one hit. It was a breeze. Yeah. And then Cyber Peacock, you know, again, he hit me once, and that's only because he materialized right on me because I stopped for Are too just
0: long. Were you just using your saber normal?
1: No. Against up, him? Up uh, Magma Dragoon's up fl- uh, Flamesword, whatever that's called, you go sh- straight up. Shoryuken! I mean, basically. Dude, okay, let me tell you. I'm pretty Magma sure it's Dragoon. a Shoryuken
0: because Magma Dragoon is literally Akuma. Literally. the big beads around his neck, too.
1: Yep. Yep. And and <laughs> you know, First, I was like, did he just Shoryuken my ass? And then he Hadoukens me. and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That's awesome. Capcom, dude. I love Capcom. it. Capcom. Classic. Classic Capcom. So anyway... Now, this game is a testament to, I mean, just brilliance in game design, right? And I think X4 was sort of the peak of, I think, the Mega Man series in general, right? X1 is better than X4. You think? Yeah. I pl- So, I played the first couple on X when the Super Nintendo Classic came out. And maybe, again, maybe this is my zero bias. I just, I love... The melee aspect. I just I prefer that to Mega Man's traditional ranged attacks, and so maybe that's why. Have you
0: ever played X three? Because I think that was the first
1: uh, X game you could play as Zero. No, I'm going to definitely be going back to this now after my experience with X four. Um, X four is definitely the last nine or ten out of ten, right? Just this is like his peak Mega Man.
0: It was downhill after that, definitely. Yeah, because I think X five was Inafune's last uh, Mega Man X game.
1: Although I'm not convinced Inafune is the reason these games were any good,
0: as you know, Mighty Number Nine has been a fucking disaster on all accounts. I think that was that had that's not just one guy that made that game. No, no, there are plenty of issues with him. But just from what I've heard about X Five, was supposed to be the last X game. They like killed off Zero again, again. Right, because he dies in X one, and then they revive him in X two, and then X three is like, is he a bad guy? The X four, he's like, oh no, he's not a bad guy, but maybe X can go mad. It's just you know the convoluted storyline that the Mega Man games have all had.
1: What but, am I fighting
0: for? <laughs> but they they closed off with X five, and Infinity left the company, and they said, yeah, it's gonna be the last Mega Man X game. But then they would made X six, and I guess the like the the people working on it were like not very happy with. How it was coming out and they're like they felt like they, they're betraying their old friend you know right it's, it's people who make these games not just some faceless company right so then they they tried to add 3d with x7 and then even more so in x8 and they added new characters and it's just this weird thing they weren't making money anymore that was just a weird time for japanese companies in general because they're all moving to mobile phones and that was like the hot thing Right or like MMOs and just bizarre times, one of those weird transition periods, but hey, maybe we'll get next nine if Legacy Collection sells well, we're getting Mega Man eleven because the Mega Man Legacy Collection sold exceptionally well.
1: yeah no I would love that I mean just just everything from the pacing of these games to I mean the platforming is is
0: fucking flawless, and the design dude those sprites look oh, so good. it looks
1: so good. I mean this
0: game feels like it could have just come out. This was Capcom at their peak. I mean Street Fighter 3 was around this time too, I believe. Yeah. Like sprite art was phenomenal. Dude, MVC2. MVC2 some gorgeous stuff, man. Fuck, man. Some good-looking games back then.
1: It was it was really fun playing this with my 9-year-old brother who has played everything from Dig Dug to Fortnite, right? He said he's got quite the the experience when it comes to video games at only nine years old. So it was funny to play this with him and, and he's picking up on it relatively quick. It amazes me how a nine year old picks up on these things the way I struggle with, you know, it's cause I'm getting old, but he was playing it and he kept saying, Oh, this is from Shovel Knight. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you see kid, let me tell you a story about video games 20 years ago. And so no, that was, that was a hoot to watch him sort of pick up on the, the nuances of and, and, kind of see how one of his favorite modern games took all these cues from this classic action platformer and so just everything about it like i said it's just it's just a tight experience and yeah no I've, i've had a really good time with it and i'm really i'm looking forward to going back and playing the first three now which is something that i have not done to completion
0: yeah definitely you need to do that i mean when i first popped in the collection when i got it a few weeks ago i played through x1 up to sigma's fortress and then i stopped because that's where the the difficulty actually starts kicking in and I was like, oh, just sort of done for the night. Right. And then I'd never beat next two, so I've, I'm s- seven bosses down and that and uh, next I'll play X3 and it's just nice. Uh, there's been some just very minor quality of life stuff like button remapping and the first Mega Man X game. I'm not sure if two does. It, I think two does it too, but uh, they used a password system and instead of that, you could just save. Mm. So that's really beneficial. That's really nice. Yeah, so well, you won't have to worry about writing down uh, your passwords in the back of the manual like I did when I was growing up. Well, now, you know, you can just put it in your phone, put it in the notes,
1: take a picture of it. <laughs> you know? Or newfangled phones. Implement the save system. That's the most logical thing, and thank God for that.
0: Hey, man, you need to pay for a battery to in your cartridge for a save system back in 1993 or 94 when that game came out. How much time do we have? How much time do you have? 20, 20 minutes or so. Okay. So,
1: what do you want to jump into next here? Because i got a couple things on here that I'm going to skip. So I don't need to talk about Skyrim. I've been playing a crap ton of it on Switch. I mean, i probably put in 60 hours on Switch uh, in the last month.
0: Well, I know when we hit up the group chat last we recorded, Drew brought up that I should talk about Octopath. Because he wanted my impressions of that. And Let's save that, because I just picked it up. I just picked it up today. You don't want me to like, talk about... Because I wasn't going to talk about any story stuff or... I just want to get your impressions too?
1: Yeah, I would like to be in on the conversation. I'm going to get, run through and play the first couple of hours. Uh, I picked it up with another buddy and and we vowed to each other. We're going to p- play it this week. Uh, mm. So, yeah, let's save that for next week's recording because I would like to, yeah, be able to go back and forth with you on that.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, so what, what, what's well, one also, of the other games you beaten? Well, I beat Axiom Verge. That was like eight hours. That game came out like four years ago, though, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, but it just got a Switch release, obviously. So. Like last year, I think. Oh, God. Think it was this, like last
1: September. Switch's been out for a year and a half, I forget.
0: Yeah, I finally sat down and played through it. It was right after Hollow Knight, so I was just still feeling that Metroidvania vibe. I just feel like vibe. You, Metroidvania games are, it's like your genre. Like every month you're playing a new one. It's, all, it's like the indie-er genre, you know? It's just every indie game ends up being a Metroidvania. Fair. I can think of five that came out in the last month. Isn't that insane? And quality titles often.
1: Yeah. And w- why don't we see this in, maybe not necessarily the AAA space.
0: The AAA space is third-person action games. Right. It's like Lara Croft and Zelda and Shadow of War and Spider-Man and Last of Us and etc. <laughs> etc. Cetera, et cetera.
1: And I think for good reason. I think th- there's a reason that those are as popular as they are. And it's th- the best vehicle for sort of the biggest experience and if you're gonna spend
0: that kind of time and money on a game like that's that makes sense but and you scale that down naturally it's it's metroidvania is because it's a 2d game so the art is a lot cheaper and it's exploration people like that i would just like to
1: see a bigger studio tackle this genre
0: as maybe just as a side
1: a side thing right it's i mean it's only these tiny teams of indie developers who are even you know scratching this to be fair a metroid game did come out last year it was also on the fucking 3ds so who fucking cares, except for Metroid fans, who are Chris few and cared. far between. Like, <laughs> like Metroid is not a system seller. Metroid is not a
0: seller at all. Historically. Yeah, yeah that, that game didn't sell very well because they never uh, gave numbers on it officially. Yeah, no. And that's I mean, a bad sign for Nintendo because they give numbers for everything. Metroid, man. Especially if it breaks a million. ARMS sold better than Metroid Sam's Returns did last year. And that's on a platform with 70 million consoles in the wild, right? Versus yeah. I mean but to be fair, thirty million people bought those consoles. <laughs> How many three dss have you bought? That's a very good point. There's only
1: those numbers are severely diminished. Yeah. No, padded.
0: I, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Axiom Verge, I had a good time with. It was fine. It wasn't like super great. Get it on a sale if you're if that's what you want. People basically said that it is Metroid. Or
1: it is a Super Metroid, rather. I mean it is just a B for beat Super Metroid.
0: It still felt smaller. But also like the map was too big, but it wasn't as fun exploring. The tone was weird, which it was going for, but Metroid felt more isolated. A lot less text in the original Super Metroid, also, like less dialogue. So I don't know. It just it was fine. I didn't really it didn't, it's not it hasn't stuck with me in the way like Hall and I has, where I was like, damn, that was a great game. Okay. Interesting. And then play a lot of games, but the one I played the most of was Ease eight. Oh, okay. I picked that up before I headed down to your place last month. Yeah. And started it up while I was down there. I was just reveling in its PS2 kind of vibes that it was giving me. Just like the the really earwormy, catchy JRPG music. right? And the just fairly basic kind of action RPG elements. And I don't know, this is a lot of fun to run around and slap around these monsters and have these really low stakes stories but then oh suddenly they're high stakes someone died you're like what the heck but i don't really (laughs) care because it's just some weirdly badly voice acted beard man it's like well whatever (laughs) poorly
1: voice acted just bunch of janky polygonal shapes
0: i mean the the environments weren't very good looking but the character models were pretty decent they just had limited animations where it's like they have the idle walking animation when they're turning, you know, that kind of right, thing. Right, right. Very, very PS2 vibes. Oh, or yeah. like Skyrim, I guess. Whoa. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Let's settle down, buddy.
0: Well, I watched that camera pan around. This, oh <laughs> I my drew gosh. a little helper, helper lady trying to walk into the wall. <laughs>
1: it's pretty jiggy do you still have that video can we post that on twitter for our listeners to go find (laughs) it's yeah sure if you want yeah i gotta kick out of that i'm gonna post that to the console crusade twitter which has not been active and is going to be going forward all right gotta hype hype up our
0: our listeners grow the fan base console (laughs) underscore crusade on twitter find us but yeah i spent that was 30 or 40 hours of that that was a lot of fun had a really cool world it's definitely the eighth in a series. And I did look it up and you're totally right. The the concept is pretty much the same for each game where it's just the same dude crash lands on another island. <laughs> Loses his memory. Whoa. <laughs>
1: where am I at? That's funny. But it's
0: it's cool. I I like the world building and the the history and the lore of it. Right. Which I think video games are the most adept at, and the stories are never as good as any other medium. So I was fine with that.
1: You beat it, yeah. Yeah, how did this stack up to some of the other JRPGs you played this year on Switch?
0: The only ones I played is Octopath, and I did most of my um, Xenoblade playing this year also. Right. Xenoblade is definitely a higher budget game, and it it feels more polished. It was made for the system that it's on. Okay. Whereas Ease Eight was a PC game that was ported to PS4 and Xbox One, and or I don't even mean, know if it's on Xbox One. It was ported to PS4 and then ported to Switch. So. It's just like trickled down. Came out like last year, two years ago.
1: That's cool that that these sort of games are finding a platform on Switch though, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that it's sold really well on the platform so that in the future, if there's ever an Ease nine, it'll be more specifically tailored for it. Right. Cause dude, I sent you that screenshot in handheld mode and that was rough because they went variable resolution. Right. As usual. And yeah. that was like that was rough. That was like two forty P. I get listen, guys, if
1: nick is sitting here saying it's rough it's fucking rough
0: (laughs) like and xenoblade honestly that had some low resolution points and handheld also but it felt more earned because the worlds were so big it was like zelda level of scale but with textures on everything right whereas zelda is like very minimal in its texturing it's all like the lighting is cell shaded essentially yeah So it's a little more forgiving in that kind of aspect. But Xenoblade, it was very noticeable. Let's move on
1: here to something that I want to bring up and need to have on public record with you. I will witness this. And the whole world, as in all six of our listeners. You are our world. Listen, you are our world. (laughs) Okay. Overcooked, you son of a gun. Let me preface this. A little bit of a story. Overcooked comes out two years ago. Maybe not even quite two years ago. It was, like, last year. No, it, it was, was, two, it was two It was, like, it was two Christmas like December yeah. or November. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed this game immensely. Some of the best couch co-op I've had in a very long time. I mean, just... I mean, even got my, got my 23, 24-year-old brother. It got him on board. He's a guy who I can't get him to play anything unless it's fucking... Rocket League or like League of Legends. like That's that's all he plays. So to get him to come in the house, I was on Christmas break, I'm back at my parents' house, to get him out of his shop and out of his cave to come into the house to spend time with human beings for hours on end playing a video you game. You nonetheless. And, and me, of all people. It's a testament to how enjoyable this game is. We played it, we triple-starred every level, we dove into the DLC a little bit before I jet, you know, jetted back down uh, after the new year. But I've been trying to get them, you to play this game with me. For two years, and it became a bit, such a bit for you. We were like, nope, never gonna play it. Not gonna play it. Nope, not gonna play it. Just because I'm a man of
0: my word. All right, it's the principle of the no, matter. Fuck you.
1: You're just being an obstinate motherfucker. For the sake of it, you just you just do it a bit, and now you you don't. I don't know. You're just being a jerk to me. I don't get it because I just want to have some fun with my bud. Okay, and then finally, we were with the Nintendo boys. We played Splatoon one day. Had a, a, a grand old time. We transitioned a little bit overcooked. Nick said, Nope, nope, not going to play it till Overcooked 2 comes out. LOL. Ha ha. Just to get out of planet for some reason. Maybe it's not your cup of tea. Maybe you're just being a, a, a sardonic asshole for the sake of it. Again, commitment to the bit is admirable, Nick. But Thank at you. A cer- at that's a... <laughs> all I wanted to hear. <laughs> at a certain point, I just want to play this game with you so bad. Uh, so, Overcooked 2 came out last week. And I was home this weekend, couldn't get my older brother to pl- or my. My middle brother, right, my younger brother, the older one, to play with me. So I got the nine-year-old to play. <sighs> he actually did all right. We triple started the first four levels of a game that is notoriously difficult. He held his own. I was very impressed. Some of the things I'm going to say here aren't going to mean anything to you because you haven't played it yet, and you have yet to play Overcooked Two with me, despite the implementation of online. All right, with all the online games we play together. Well, that, to be f- yeah, we don't we don't really we don't really. Overcooked, we're going to do it this week. All that good Nintendo voice chat. Overcooked 2, Nick, is already much more difficult than the first one. The stage hazards are more dangerous. The, the sort of puzzles you're... Or the They're not puzzles, but just the, the obstacles, the way you're trying to navigate these levels, much more clever. We have some new dishes we're cooking up, but we have a new throw mechanic, which changes everything. Instead of grabbing things and running to the other side and dropping them, It's sort of expediting this experience and sort of just making it a little more concise. I'm able to just grab what I need and we're juggling back and forth the items we need back and forth when you're playing with another person. So it just, it feels like more of the same, but a little tighter, just as fun. I really want you to love this game. And I've talked so much about it and hyped it up and pressured you so much. You're going to fucking hate it and you're never going to play with me, but I dream about this. I fall asleep thinking about it.
0: EJ, (laughs) believe you me, I want to get to it. Oh, but man. if I just look at my shelf and look at all the games that I've bought because I have no self control and I want to play, they far outnumber Overcooked in my mind and in my heart. But and Overcooked in
1: my is an experience that you only have with other people. I have never played it on my own. This is a strictly multiplayer game for me. The single player is not nearly as fun. It's like Listen, you came over the other night while I drank PBR and we ate Taco Bell and played Quiplash. That could have been four player Overcooked. And everyone in that room would have been
0: happy. And you can agree that Quiplash is much lower stakes and is a lot more fun and not stressful. God damn it, Nick. You're speaking truth. There's five people with their phones and no sideways Joy-Cons being passed around.
1: God damn it. You
0: know, we're not playing four players with Joy-Cons. I'm sorry.
1: Nick, I will buy Overcooked for you if you just play with me. Give it a go. Set an hour aside. See if it's for you. If it's not, so be it. Do it the next time you're up here. Okay. Okay. I'll buy a physical copy and we'll play. And if you don't like it, I'll take that physical copy back with me and put it on my shelf with all my beautiful red cases.
0: Okay. That sounds perfectly... Damn it. Perfectly agreeable to (sighs) me.
1: All right, folks. Well, we're running out of time here. You got to get ready for work. I got to go to bed because I got to work early. But... (laughs) Got to get getting. Got to get getting. Uh, There are a couple of games on here that we, you know, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon we both played... That's actually the only one on my list that I haven't talked about, but I'm sure there's a couple more for you. Listen, I'm going to play Octopath this week. We'll, we'll catch up next week about that. I'm sure you'll put some more time into that. Hopefully, that's the plan. Yeah.
0: But I might get sucked into Mega Man X some more. I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely also going to be doing that. That's good. No, we're we're, we're we're gamers. We're still gaming. Dude, look at you playing video games again. Dude. It's been so long. I've missed it. I just, I've
1: missed you playing video uh, games. I, just, I haven't had the time working 65, 70 hour weeks. It's been crazy. But you know, get paid enough to not play video games. I agree with that, you know, and again, we've talked about this on the podcast, but it's just video games is not a relaxing, you know, pastime. It is not something I do for leisure necessarily, where the way I put on an episode at the office, lay in bed, and fall asleep. Video games is something I'm doing, I'm active, my brain is engaged.
0: Is that leisure or is that apathy? (laughs) It's well, yes. (laughs) it's just the office is just white noise that comforts you exactly it is what it is
1: and oftentimes after the end of a long day shooting a long night editing i just don't have the capacity to sit down and engage with something that i have to be sharp for that i have to be on for that i have to think about when
0: is rogue legacy come to switch that seems like a total droning game for you dude
1: i love that game
0: it's a great game it's
1: so difficult and it's so satisfying and it's a perfect pickup and it's play. it's also
0: like, you don't have to pay attention. You're just like, I have to jump and swing on that thing. Oh, the eyeball got me. I died. I'm just going to dump some stuff in my stats and I'll try it again.
1: It's okay, You make it
0: sound so fucking boring. But it's not boring. It's satisfying all the time that you're playing. But it's like, it's so low stakes in your mind that you, know, you don't have to be like, full, I could play that game while watching TV.
1: Sure, but it's also interesting because it's still like an exceptionally difficult game. It is...
0: Punish it. Eh, it's not. It's not difficult.
1: Maybe at first, it's 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 a game it's that
0: time-consuming.
1: Well, it's because you're
0: always progressing,
1: right? And it's a, it's a really slow build at first, getting enough gold to make your character feel powerful enough to like actually explore. The really
0: just getting enough gold to get some vampirism because that's really what you need to get those long runs. Oh yeah, is yeah. that the move? I'll bear that yeah, in mind. Hundred percent
1: the move. You heal every time you kill enemies. So. This, this game has to be coming to Switch. There's 0% chance it doesn't come to Switch. I think it's
0: already been confirmed. I'm not entirely certain. I feel like they might have tweeted about it. Okay. It seems like every other indie developer is like, yeah, we're looking into it, which is code for, yeah, we're doing it because people will buy it. Yeah.
1: Any, any game you put on the Switch is going to get bought. The indies, I mean, nindies live, bro. Nindies live. Come on now. <laughs> and on that note, that's been the Console Crusade Podcast. Again, find us on Twitter at console underscore crusade. You can find Nick at Press Till Death. You can find me at Ejiggle. Find us. Talk to us. We have emails, but as we established earlier, we don't know we what have they no are. We what we're
0: doing with that. <laughs> so it's just, that's some sort of black magic that I, I don't quite understand. We're
1: going to figure it out. And here, I'm going to put this at the end here, but I'm going to start leading off with this from now on. We're going to start doing, I want to do a little listener mail segment where the, those who listen to us and listen, I know you're out there. I watch or I look at our stats uh, and some of us or some of you are, are friends of the pod we're going to have you formally, well, you know, get you to write in, ask us questions, you know, and we'll do, I want to do a new little segment here. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm super into topic of discussion kind of yeah, kind of stuff or just give us your thoughts and we'll react accordingly, have a little, a little chit chat about it.
1: Right. So if you're hearing this, you can hit us up on Twitter this week. Going forward, I mean, Twitter will always remain an option, but we'll set up uh, proper avenues via email and whatnot. We're gonna try and do that going forward. Next week, we will definitively we will do listener mail, even
0: if that means that we just text you guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the listener n- the Nintendo listen chat to texts. <laughs> yeah. And hey, this is this is the start of something beautiful. Like I said, the soft the soft reboot. This is the fucking conflict crusade. I'm stoked, man. It's gonna be good. Yeah. I'm still I'm still waiting for
0: the kachow, man. You let me down every week. Well, soft reboot. I can't do that anymore. It's the law. Wait, 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 wait. Stay true to our bits, brother. I don't commit to bits anymore. Remember. So I'm gonna play Overcooked too with wow. you. Wow.
1: Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Count me down.